Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Happy Easter, everybody. It's so good to meet with you this morning. And uh, I actually watched back to something we did two years ago as a kind of like a joint uh, online Easter event because we were still in lockdown. I just thought, how great it is to be together this morning. And um, I've got a, a, a short message to, to share with you. But before, I, I'm just going to do a couple of quick Easter jokes. Um, it's in my contract. I don't want to have to do this, but... So um, why did the Easter egg hide? We're always hunting for them. Why did the Easter egg hide? It was a little chicken. Why did the Easter chick cross the road? To meet up with her peeps. That's quite cute. And uh, what's an egg's favorite sport? Running. Come on, it's always wearing a shell suit. So, all right, that's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't encourage him. So we've had our four scenes um, building up to today, to Resurrection Sunday. And we've looked at Palm Sunday, the Last Supper, the Crown of Thorns and the Cross. And, and each one speaks of hopes and promises. And that's our focus this morning, hopes and promises. We all have hope. And we've all received and given promises. And Easter is packed with hope and promise. And you know, on Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the, on the donkey, hopes in the city soared. Hopes soared. People were excited. Why? Because it was the fulfillment of a promise. The prophet Zechariah, God had promised through the prophet that the king, their rightful king, would come into Jerusalem on a donkey. Not on a stallion or a war horse, but on a donkey because this was a symbol of peace and victory. And so they waved palm leaves. Kids, have you got your palm leaves? Has anybody made their palm leaves yet? Can you wave your palm leaves that are in your little craft pack? They were waving their palm leaves and they were shouting, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of Yahweh. And they threw their palm leaves down before Jesus. Hopes soared. They were sky high when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. And then a few days later, we have the Passover meal, the Last Supper. And this was a time of promise making. Jesus is with his friends and he makes promises and they make promises to him. And he sets up a meal, as we've already heard about. And he says, I'm gonna take this bread. And he, he, he gave thanks for the bread and he broke it and he gave it and he took a cup of wine and he blessed it and he gave it. And he said, this is my body. This will be broken for you. This bread represents my body and this wine, this cup. Kids, have you got your wine, your glass that you've been coloring in? Have you got that sheet of paper? That glass of wine represented Jesus' blood that he was going to shed, allowed to be shed for us. And what was a cup of suffering for him would be a cup of blessing for us. And Jesus said this, just as you're enjoying this meal with me, friendship, togetherness, closeness, communion, through me you'll be able to enjoy these things with my Father. I'm making a promise, I'm going to die, but I promise this, I'm coming back. And I'm gonna rise again, and not only that, I'm gonna go away again, but I'm gonna come back once and for all. Jesus makes these promises, a time of promise making. And while this is happening, Judas is there, and Peter is there, and these two friends who are in the context of promise making are involved in the next phase, promise breaking. Judas had said, I'm your friend, Jesus. I'm with you to the end. And then what does he do? He sells Jesus out. 
And he tells people who want to kill Jesus exactly where Jesus is for 30 pieces of silver. He betrays Jesus. He breaks his promise. And Peter, I'll fight with you to the end, Jesus. You can count on me. When push came to shove, Peter is hiding. When Jesus is being tried and says, I don't even know him. Three times denies knowing him. Promises broken. And Jesus wears a crown of thorns. The Roman soldier who came up told us how they put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head. You know, the thorns were a symbol of broken promises. Have you got your crowns, kids? Jesus should have been wearing the finest, most beautiful, incredible crown, a bit like the crowns that you've got. But instead, it was a crown of thorns. And the thorns represented broken promises. Broken promises between mankind and God that we'd sinned. And therefore, sin affected the whole world. And a a curse of sin was thorns that would make it difficult to farm the ground. And Jesus even wore that curse on his head. Broken promises that came upon Jesus, he carried them to the cross. Hope soared. Promise making, promise breaking, and finally, hopes flawed. Because when Jesus' disciples saw him on the cross... All hope had gone. We heard Mary Magdalene say she didn't know what to think. Children, have you got your cross? Have you managed to make your cross yet? Could you lift your crosses up? Jesus carried his cross. He was nailed to the cross. And as his friends looked on, they saw him die. Cheers in Jerusalem had turned to jeers. Celebration to devastation. The light of the world was hung in darkness. The one who'd come to bring life was dead. Hope soared, hopes flawed. Promise making, promise breaking. But here's the wonderful news. A few days later, as we've already heard, there was, you should have said spoiler alert, Will. Jesus rose. And when Jesus rose, you know that when hope had soared and then was flawed, in Jesus, hope is restored. That in the context of promise making and promise breaking, when Jesus comes back to life, he says, this promise is unshaking. We can trust him. We can put our hope in him. The wonderful thing about Jesus is time and again, he fulfilled the promises, the prophecies of God in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. So many promises that had been spoken centuries earlier came to being in Jesus Christ. That's why we can trust him. Because he's a promise keeper, promise unshaking, and hopes restored. And this is scene five, the empty tomb. The stone, it doesn't quite fit the door, but you know, that's okay, is rolled away. And there's on this morning when um, Mary has this amazing revelation. And, and in John 20, if you could put the verses up, you already have, wonderful. Mary rushes to the tomb because remember, they've taken his body down, they've wrapped his body and they've put it in a tomb, rolled a big stone across the front of it. And she goes back on Easter Sunday to, well, she didn't know it was Easter Sunday at the time, but she goes back to the tomb. (laughs) And the stone has been rolled away. And this is what happens next. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept, she stooped and looked in and she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. 
Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. It's an amazing encounter, isn't it? She sees a man. She thinks he's the gardener. She wants to know where Jesus is. It's him. And she doesn't realize it's him until he says her name, Mary. And as soon as she hears him speak her name, she knows it's him. And she does what? She turns to him. And she shouts and she clings to him. And she calls him her Lord and her teacher. I want to say this this morning to everybody here in this room. Jesus knows you by name. He knows each one of us by name. And this morning, he's calling to us. He's speaking to us to come to him. Calls each one of us by name. And I want to say this this morning. Jesus loves you. Jesus knows you. He died for you. He rose again and he's alive and he's calling you today. And here's the wonderful news. Because his promises are unshaking, we can trust him. And because we can trust him, we have absolute hope restored because of that. All of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Listen to these two quick verses. Psalm 145, 13 says, The Lord keeps all his promises. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord keeps all his promises. He's faithful in all he does. And Isaiah 49, 23 says, Those who hope in him will not be put to shame. When I was very young, Jesus called me by my name. I was young. As young as some of the children in this room. Jesus called me by my name. And when he called me, I turned to him. And I cried out to him. And I held him. And I said, you're my Lord and my teacher. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. But I also want to say this. That has happened to me many times in my life. Where he's called me by name. And I just want to say this morning, whether you've known Jesus called your name before, or you've never known that he knows you by name and he's calling you today, Jesus loves you and he knows you and he's calling us by name this morning. Jesus is alive. The promises are unshaking. Our hope in him is completely restored. And he's calling us by name. Could we stand together? I'm going to invite the musicians and the singers back up onto the stage. We're going to worship together. We've been holding back until we get to sort of finally finish and end our time in worship before we ask the children to come and present their, their crafts so that we can give you the, uh, the eggs at the end of the meeting. But we're going to worship together. But I just want to give us all an opportunity to respond to this fact. Please listen to me for a moment. Jesus is calling you by name this morning. This is a relationship. This is intimate. This isn't a general thing. 
But right now, Jesus is calling each one of us by name. Could I ask you to close your eyes? He's speaking to you right now by his spirit. And he's calling you by name. Don't need to think about the person next to you right now. Just about you. And Jesus speaking to you. And this morning, and to give us each an opportunity to turn to him again. To really turn to him. To give him our full attention. And to say, Lord, <laughs> your Lord, Jesus, you reign. You've conquered sin. You've conquered death. You are King of kings. You're Lord of lords. And in a fresh way this morning, to cling to him. And to say, I'm going to follow you, Lord. My life is in your hands. In fact, if that's true of you this morning, that you want to say to him, my life is in your hands, could I just ask you to say that to Jesus? My life is in your hands this morning. Amen. Lord, we turn to you, we call to you, we lay hold of you, and we say our lives are in your hands. We can trust you because, Lord, your promises are unshaken and our hope is fulfilled and restored in you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.